Good morning. And good morning to you in cyber world, wherever you are right now. Please let my words speak for you. Taking a deep breath in and bringing myself into this one special place and releasing. on this one perfect morning that will never come again. I celebrate life and joy and knowing that God is always there. And so in this moment, knowing that God surrounds us and fills us, I open my heart, I open my mind, I open my soul, as I say thank you, Father, Mother, God, for every little thing, and I listen with deep eagerness for Reverend Diana's talk. Thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. If you are new here with us online this morning, I'm Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart. So I welcome you home to our independent interfaith community where we practice universal principles and uh, and. Uh, practical spirituality. I lost my word for a second. So now letting go of all that's come before this moment, we begin our Teze by taking a slow, deep, cleansing breath together. And allowing ourselves as we exhale to fully arrive in the here and now. Gently allowing your eyes to close if you're comfortable doing so or resting them downward. Allowing yourself to relax, body, mind, and spirit. To be completely still. You've chosen this time to be here in communion, in community, honoring all that has been. There is nothing wrong in this sacred moment, nothing missing, nothing that needs changing. All is well. Feel and know the wholeness and completeness of this moment as you allow yourself to be carried by the meditative tone of our Teze this morning allowing the music to take you deeper as you allow the perfection of this moment to sing through you. Welcome home to your mystic heart. 
our own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay aside whatever came before. Let your own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door, to guide you to heaven's door, to guide you to heaven's in me, pour yourself into my heart, oh, wonderful spirit, pour yourself in me, pour yourself into my heart, oh, wonderful spirit, sing your song in me. Song into my heart, oh, wonderful spirit, sing your song in me, sing your song into my heart, oh, wonderful spirit, shine your take a moment now to honor our connection to all of life. Together we envision a web of consciousness, a vast field of intelligence, a universal living presence that surrounds and infuses the planet. Each of us an intricate strand in the web. irreplaceable, absolutely necessary to the whole, completely perfect in all of our human imperfections. Each of us is a light, shines our light 
into the world. This is true of every human being, without exception. Every other than human creature. Every plant. The network of life that lives beneath the soil. Invisible to the naked eye and yet infused with the light of the divine. The rocks and minerals, the water and wind, the stars and planets, all of it alive and in relationship with all of the rest. Forever connected by our coexistence at this time, in this place, all beings of light, forever one in spirit. As we share time in prayer and meditation, we set a prayerful intention. We're leaving an imprint of peace on the world, a ripple of harmony that comforts all who are in need. We consciously offer the benefit of our time together to the well-being of the whole. This morning we use our shared time to honor all that has been. This is not always an easy task. In light of recent world events, we may be tempted to allow thoughts and feelings of separation to fill our hearts and minds. Jiddu Krishnamurti once wrote that the ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. And yet, we hear the news and we are overtaken by sadness, fear, and judgment. Looking back into our own lives, we may have experienced painful circumstances that left us with lasting effects, even traumatized, and were tempted to judge, to disconnect for our own protection, to disown those who hurt us, to allow our pain to drive us. As human beings, we do what we feel we must do in self-preservation. But as long as we are in judgment of another for whatever reason, we are living from separation, and we will never know the joy of true connection. Excerpting from Wayne Muller's book, Learning to Pray, living a prayerful life brings a requirement to forgive. Not to forget, not to place ourselves in harm's way again, but to forgive. We are told in the entirety of the Lord's Prayer, the only act specifically required of us is the act of forgiveness. The rest are all petitions for clarity, nourishment, and safety. In the midst of these petitions, we are called to perform only one singular act, 
to forgive those who bring harm. Why is this? Because without forgiveness, genuine spiritual freedom is impossible. How can we forgive those who have committed atrocities? Where do we begin? How can we possibly honor all that has come before? Again from Wayne Muller, the reasons to hate seem legion. In some circumstances, the thirst for retribution, to extract an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, seems right, balanced, and just. Indeed, prayer for forgiveness does not exclude justice. We are called to work tirelessly to ensure that those who do cause violence, oppression, and abuse are brought to justice, so we may cultivate a fertile, honest peace, to bring this peace of heaven to earth. The simple physics of retribution demonstrate that, in the long run, our natural urge to answer hurt for hurt inevitably perpetuates an endless cycle of violence and hatred in which we are trapped forever. How can we free our hearts to enter the household of heaven, even though we have been hurt, betrayed, or mistreated by the world? How can we begin to forgive the atrocities that we face in our world? We begin by consciously and actively practicing compassion. We allow the sadness and hurt we feel to move through us. We begin to ask, what is it that has hurt you so deeply that hurting others is your only form of relief? What is it like to be you, to live with that kind of pain? We enter into the practice of prayer. We pray to be made ready to prepare our hearts to soften and open. Forgiveness requires a deep willingness to become more spacious. When we pray to be able to forgive, we are praying to be made larger, to become so ample and clear-headed that we can bear even this, while still feeling blessed by the deep and faithful company of God. We pray our blessings into the world, into the heart and mind of spirit. I bless all who have been harmed. I bless all who have brought harm. And I bless myself in the witnessing.
Each of us is a divine being incarnated into human form. Our soul's journey has brought us into this world at this time to maximize our spiritual development. Everyone and everything in our lives is part of the curriculum. All grist for the mill and perfectly designed to point us toward our highest good. We teach that our thoughts, feelings, and deeply seated beliefs activate the divine creative process. As Rabbi Yeshua said, it is done unto you as you believe. Our outer world reflects our inner consciousness. As above, so below. As within, so without. What you dwell upon you become. Our experiences in the world reveal to us the content of our heart and mind. In the Far East, this is called karma. In New Thought, cause and effect, or the law of reciprocity. The, its purpose is not to punish or reward us, but to serve as a tool for our course correction, to inspire us to live in ever more life-affirming ways. We find it easy to be grateful for enjoyable people and experiences, a loving granddad, our favorite aunt, a trip to Yosemite, or Disneyland. We also learn from people and events that challenge us. Often, we learn even more from them. But we need to forgive them completely to learn their lesson for us, to fully receive the hidden gift. I invite you now to think back over your life and recall a specific event or person that challenged you maybe even hurt you. But over time, you were able to see that it all worked out for the best. Is there still resentment, anger, fear? In our three-minute shared silent meditation today, let us invoke forgiveness to clear any residual resentment away, to transmute negative feelings into a true appreciation for the gift you were given so that you may fully receive your blessing.
We give thanks for this time of blessed communion with spirit and with our beloved community. Grateful for the courage and willingness to set ourselves free through the practice of forgiveness. Free to appreciate each and every step of our soul's journey. Thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. As we release ancient resentments, we step out of the role of victim and we reclaim our spiritual authority. We choose to acknowledge that our soul needed each of our experiences in order to bring us to the place we are today. And so, in this free, open, expansive consciousness, we receive Reverend Diana's continued words of wisdom and inspiration with grateful hearts as she encourages us to continue honoring all that has been. here today honoring all that has come before in sacred communion with something much bigger, much greater than any of us. We're here on this Sunday before All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day, or El Dia de los Muertos. Each of these holidays has its roots in ancient tradition. For the Celts, Samam marked the end of summer. They believed that on this night, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred, and that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. All Saints Day, or the Feast of All Saints, is a celebration of all Roman Catholic saints, whether known or unknown. And All Souls Day was intended to honor all people of the church who have departed this life. Brother David Stendelrast suggests that a communion of saints can refer to a communion of holy people. Not holy because they have attained a degree of spiritual development, but whole because, holy because they have dedicated their lives to communion with God that they recognize themselves as united? Or what if we defined a community of saints as the sharing of holy things? Life itself is holy, is it not? As are we. Every one of us part of the whole. Whether we are experiencing life on the planet at this time, or whether we are those who came before, we share this time together today, honoring all that has come before. We honor our family members, our friends, those who have departed this life experience. We honor our teachers, and those for whom we have been teachers. 
We honor all who have served humanity in any way. And we honor all who call us to forgiveness. We honor all who have touched our lives in any way. And we give thanks. So in this sacred moment, I'd like us to just take a moment of silence, each one to reflect and appreciate those beings who have touched our lives. We have some of these up here on our altar today. We hold many in our hearts and our minds. So let's just take a moment of silence. So for our closing prayer today, we look to the Buddhist tradition. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I awaken to my true nature. May I be free. May my family and friends be happy. May my family and friends be peaceful. May my family and friends be safe. May they awaken to their true nature. May they be free. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be safe. May all beings awaken to their true nature. May all beings be free. And so it is.
So coming back into the awareness of our bodies, our senses, the feeling of the air around us. Open our eyes and allow our gaze to take in whatever is here. There are many on this weekend who are celebrating and honoring all that has come before each in their own way. Our small but mighty group this morning has chosen to honor it in this way. I thank you for being here today. I would like to also take a moment to acknowledge and honor any birthdays that we had in the month of October. I know that there's at least one in the back with Brenda just a few days ago. And Barbara, who is with her daughter this morning. We'll get to celebrate later this week with her. Anyone else that has an October birthday? I don't think in this room there it is. Well, happy birthday to you. We have birthday cake if you stay for lunchtime today. And uh, we honor you. So as we close our Teze meditation, we offer the opportunity for you to share your financial good with this community in support of the work that we're doing in the greater community. If you're joining us online, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find our donate button as well as a mailing address. And we thank you in advance for any and all gifts, not only your financial support, but your time, your love, all of the treasures that you bring to this community. So as we do this, offer this uh, time this morning, we, um, we have, I've chosen a couple of uh, videos this morning, one for each service, from the One Voice Children's Choir. And that was intentional as we're looking back at all who have come before. It's really important that we also look forward to those who will come after us. So enjoy uh, Chosen Family by One Voice Children's Choir.
Sync it. <laughs> but it makes a beautiful video, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so we say thank you this morning for all of the gifts that are offered. We know that these gifts are of the one source. They come through your hands and through your hearts and serve this community so that we may expand those gifts and use them to serve the world. So thank you so much. So it is. Amen. So thank you for being here with us this morning. Sing our soul blessing, and we invite you to either grab some coffee or come back for an intimate conversation, or maybe others are waking up and will join us. But either way, we just honor you and thank you for being here this morning. Good morning. And good morning to you in Cyberland, wherever you are this beautiful morning. And thank you for joining us. My name is Lucinda, and please let my words speak for you right now. As I take a deep breath in and release it, bringing myself into this one precious moment that God has made. Knowing that this moment will never come again. Many more will, but not this one particular one. Thank you, God, for infinite variety of moments. 
So standing here right now, I prepare myself to listen to today's talk, knowing that, as usual, I will go home with more to think about than I had when I came. And so with deep eagerness, I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my soul as I prepare to listen. And I just say thank you for the ability to be here. Thank you for this place. Thank you for Reverend Diana. Thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Lucinda, for opening this space so beautifully for us. I invite you to join in some music with us this morning to, to get those of us who are here all awake and moving. Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible through so welcome to the Mystic Heart. I need this this morning. Everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you need. Everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded of who we've come to be. We are love, we are one. One big family. joyful sound here we stand on holy ground let us make a joyful sound here we stand on holy ground let us make a joyful sound yeah, 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 yeah. everybody get up on your feet see the light in everybody you meet hey, 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 yeah 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 how can I serve? How can I serve? Good question. How can I serve today, sweet spirit? How can I serve today, oh Lord? Speak in ways that I will understand. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will go. How can I serve today, sweet spirit? How can I serve today, oh Lord? Speak in ways that I will understand. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will go. What's my love today, sweet spirit? Who needs my love today, oh Lord? Speak in ways that I will understand. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I 
for joining us today. I welcome you. I welcome you or welcome you back if you were here for Tese. Um, if you're joining us for the first time online, uh, we are Mystic Heart Spiritual Center and I'm Reverend Diana Johnson, the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart. We teach universal spiritual principles and practical spirituality and we are an independent interfaith community. So I thank you for joining us this morning. So we're going to join together in our weekly prayerful practice of envisioning a love-soaked world. So I invite you to pull your whole body, the, the presence of spirit that's running through your body right now, enlist that. Feel this vision. See this vision with the inner eye. Taste this vision with me. This love-soaked world that we're creating where all human beings embody compassion and generosity, peace and love, justice and freedom, where all people everywhere honor and care for one another, honor and care for this planet that sustains us all, honor and cares for every being. We're creating a world where all needs are met gracefully and easily. Where all beings are well fed, have the safety and comfort of home. Where mental and physical health, <laughs> mental and physical health and wellness, my tongue was tangled today, education, relationships, all of the areas of our lives, the aspects of our lives are supported by social systems grounded in wellness and wholeness. A world where every being serves the greater community, doing whatever speaks to their hearts, 
and are well supported for their time and their talent and their energy. And by this service in the world, each one finds meaning and belonging. This is a world in which all beings are valued and respected for their authenticity, for their uniqueness. A world where integrity is the norm. Where the peace and the kindness that we cultivate within ourselves shows up as a world free of hatred and violence. And so right now with our growing awareness and by the power of our collective intention, we're writing a new story. A story in which there's no greed and abundance means having all that we need all that's required for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual thriving. We do not lower our vision. We will not lower our vision, no matter what appearances face us in the world. Knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is inevitable, we align our actions to support our vision. And a new world is being born. Our hearts and minds, our arms and our doors are wide open in radical welcome. All sense of separation in our world has been erased. In keeping with the vision, our community is open and loving. All people who seek belonging find it here. So with deep faith in the great mystery that I call God, we trust that our prayer is acted upon. And we prepare for its graceful unfolding in the world. We feel a deep sense of gratitude. We release it to the Holy Presence. And we give thanks that it is so right here and right now. And together we affirm this by saying, and so it is. Amen. So, we've already looked around to say good morning, but if you miss somebody, <laughs> feel free. If you were with us at Teze this morning, you know that our topic of conversation this week is honoring all that has come before. And that all is in all caps. You can't read my thing here. but So all of it. It's really easy to honor and be grateful for all the good things, the things we perceive as being the good things. But we're looking at the whole picture. So we have our altar set up this morning um, to honor some of our beloveds that have gone before. Oh, some of my beloveds fell off the wall. <laughs> oh, well. They were a little off the wall, I must say. <laughs> my musician family members, some of them. Make everybody so we can see everybody here. So, yeah, it's... Um, uh, there are several holidays happening this weekend and leading into the beginning of the week. And so in honoring of all the souls that have touched our lives, we celebrate this morning. 
We have this unity candle burning in their honor. And we shared a quote in Teze from Krishnamurti. So I'd like to reshare. It's very short, but powerful, I think. He said, the ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. So what does this quote mean to you? I'll say it one more time. The ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. Don't be judgmental. Okay, don't be judgmental. Accepting. It's being accepting. Even when we don't say anything, I, I'm going to speak for myself, even when I don't say anything, how many times do I catch myself having an opinion about whatever, something that's before me? Whether it's something on the, on the screen, on the news on Facebook, whether it's somebody walking by me on the street, somebody driving a car, just the fleeting thought of some kind of an assessment or an opinion. So he, this is what he's talking about, the ability to observe without evaluating. Can you even imagine what that feels like? There's also an element of not getting hooked into some sort of reaction. I mean, there's just... It just is what it is, and you're accepting everything for what it is mm -hmm. without getting triggered by it. Right. David. Well, my meditation practice uh, emphasizes that, that I found out a long time ago you can't stop the thoughts, you can't stop the mm -hmm. input, but you don't need to participate in the input. Uh, right. Just let it go by. Let it go by, yeah. There are some modern teachers um, that I'm familiar with, uh, Craig Hamilton and Jeff Carrera right now, and they're students of Ramana Maharshi. So the teaching comes from Ramana Maharshi. And their practice is, is similar. It's, they call it a no problem, no preference meditation. So whatever arises is not a problem. I have no preference as to whether it comes or not, whether it goes or not. I just observe it without evaluation, without getting hooked. So with that in mind, you know, we have an intimate group this morning. How are we doing? How are we in this room doing with recent news and that observing without evaluating? <laughs> No. Talk about erasing all the time my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> my opinion. Mm -hmm. Try. <sighs> well, I started off with the grief of all the souls that. Yeah what I thought was probably wrong timing for them to depart. 
And then uh, the anger came over it uh, happening. And then I realized I've watched quite a few things on it, and everyone's uh, definitely honoring the people that have passed and talking about how good they were and stuff. And then I realized myself that the person that needs the most forgiving, the person that needs the most love, is the one that committed <laughs> all these terrible acts. Because something's gone wrong. I mean, you, you know, you just don't do something like that unless you're not really, yeah, not really a, a <coughs> living in the presence. You're, you're hurting so bad that all you can see is spreading that hurt to other people. And, yeah. And it, it's, so it's really him that needs the most forgiving and the most help. Yeah. Now we brought that question up in Teze, you know, what is it that has hurt you so badly, so deeply, that the only response you can come up with is to pass that hurt on? The only thing that brings any relief to you in your life, even if it's fleeting, is to harm another person. The other piece is that's really hard sometimes when these things happen is to acknowledge, you know, something you said, David, was, you know, these people died in our estimation before their time. But many of the world's traditions would say, you know, whether it's spirit, God, there's a plan or whether it's soul's journey, however you view that, I, I'm not sure it's possible for us to go before our time. It's, it's the way that we go that seems so shocking sometimes and hard for others. Well, I think for me, my personal journey weighs in with a lot of the other stuff that comes up for me, and so one of the hardest things for me on that journey was acknowledging that at some level, a soul level, I chose to be there. And so I was, when I was in the middle of forgiving everything that was going on, I had to forgive myself for my own part in it. And that's hard. Yeah. But then, you know, I, if you carry that up, that's, that's what you learned during your journey. Then you have to stop and think, each one of those souls is on their own journey, and I can't make a judgment on that. Right. It is not my place. I'm not going to say anything about it barely being okay with me doing mine, but um, <laughs> it's not my place to, to judge what their experience is this time, right. what they've chosen as their experience. And good guy, bad guy, who knows? Yeah, I don't. And it's all one anyhow. I have to remember that everything happens in the mind of God. And each and every one of us is God experiencing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I forget. <coughs> it's a thing for me to try and remember more and more. Yeah. 
Yeah, so whether we're having opinions taking sides or judging a perpetrator or an act or something that's happening, or whether we're judging ourselves for having the judgment in the first place, whatever it is, spiritual masters have all said, judge not, lest ye be judged. In the words of Rabbi Yeshua, with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. So, there's a couple ways of interpreting that, but when I hear that verse, I'll save my interpretation. How do you interpret that verse? Judge not, but lest ye be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. That's always been my interpretation of uh, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive mm -hmm. those who trespass against our debts. Um, the as <coughs> has two meanings. It can be at the same time or in the same manner. Mm -hmm. And I think what he's talking about is the intensity of, of our judgment is, uh, is going to come back you know, at that same level of intensity. If there's okay. fear and hatred and venom in there, then that's that's the exact measure of venom we're going to get back. Okay. Thank you. I think of uh, Paul Young's book, The Shack. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a scene in that book where uh, he enters into a cave and he meets judgment. Yeah. And um, that was a very eye-opening experience for me because mm -hmm. basically it's almost like a uh, uh, an enigma or a uh, contradiction. It's kind of like the more the more you enter into that, um, maybe God isn't going to judge you more, but it's it's going to be it's it's going to have consequences right. for you as a person, your spirit to to feel like you have some way of saying what is right. Right. Because yeah. you don't know really. Right. If you don't have that, if you don't no. have that vision. No, we have our human perception. And what I think is right, you might think is wrong. And it just is, as far as we are concerned, really. It just is. And the highest intelligence, God, has that has that ultimate view of you know of what goodness and also is. In, the, in the Hebrew Bible well, we have the book of Job mm -hmm. and in the end of that book um, we have this conversation between Job and God and God is kind of questioning did you make this so you are able to then judge what I've made. And right. Basically, uh, the idea is that Job is not, Job doesn't have the full picture. Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the, the point. So each one of us only has our picture of what's happening. This lady at a Center for Spiritual Living that I used to go to, mm -hmm. she was telling about a class where um, the leader was trying to make a point about judging others.
years uh -huh. and uh, he made everybody go around the circle mm -hmm. and tell like the first impression of, that he had of other people. Uh -huh. And this lady, she was fairly high in the organization of mm -hmm. spiritual living and uh, she was very <laughs> fancy, always mm -hmm. well put together, perfect hair, perfect clothes. And there was a lady <coughs> in the class that was um, poor, mm -hmm. not nice clothes and stuff like that. And he made him go around and say, you know, what was your first impression of this person and stuff. Wow. And she had to tell the truth and mm -hmm. she was mortified. Yeah. And thinking about what the Center for Spiritual Living teaches and everything, right. it's like yeah. how that did not <laughs> right. well, was incongruent with what yeah. she should be not being judgmental. Right. And yet we all find ourselves here with our human qualities and characteristics and I think we, if we're mindful spiritually, um, are, we're seeking definitely to not have those evaluations and opinions that pop up. But it's, it's a, for me, it's an ongoing practice. It's an ongoing practice. And it gets easier with practice to just observe without evaluating. And yet still it pops up. Well, that seems to be, to be the lesson mm -hmm. that, you know, if everything was perfect, you would have nothing to go off of. But being that all of a sudden we're exposed to our prejudices and right. opinions, you go, oh, well, that's where I need to grow. That's right. what I need to do. Yeah. And and I believe it sounds like he was just pointing that out, that even though we're in a spiritual community doing a spiritual thing, we still have this other right. um, yeah. thing on us. You know. I think the important piece to that is owning that, recognizing it, being willing to look at it, and then to work on it, you know? The willingness, yeah. It reminds me of the uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, stand guard at the portals of your mind. Mm -hmm. We need to be alert for that, because I, I know for me, I'll be going along and, you know, judgment will come popping into my head of, wow, where'd that come from? You know, right. but, it's, but it's just, it's there. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no stopping it, unfortunately. But it's, you know, how, how you, respond to it, I think. I, right, when right. you get hooked into it and, and grind on it for a while or yeah. just say, wow, that, that was weird. I think, I think I need to work on that. Important to remember, too, that we're here in this soup of all of us thinking, creating, feeling. Um, there's this idea that race consciousness, you know, is every thought, word, action, feeling that has ever expressed in the whole of history and it makes up the energy in which we live and we can get hooked into the negativity in that if we let ourselves. So even just being around energies can, which we're all, we're all in an atmosphere of thought, you know.
But like you said, what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, you, you catch it and you go, whoa, no. No, that, that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going to hang out there. Yeah, I think it's important, too, to realize that <clears throat> trying not to be in judgment is not in any way saying, I have, I have, I have not been hurt by something. Right. Because, right. I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of things that happen that are hurtful yeah. in the world. Yeah. And, um, it also means that I don't have to feel that I have to then engage with something that is hurtful to me. Right. Because I'm right. trying not to be judgmental. Yeah. So. Yeah, we, we mentioned that in the Teze. It, it doesn't mean putting yourself in harm's way. It doesn't mean, you know, letting people walk on you. It doesn't mean re-engaging with an act that was hurtful. It just means forgiving that divine essence in another, understanding that they're coming from a place of pain or wherever they're coming from, but not necessarily putting yourself back in that, you know, in that place. And that's not, and that's not trivial. No, no, it's not. Like Nadia Bolz Weber's definition says, forgiveness is like the bolt cutters right. that, that break the chains between you and the person that harmed you. Yeah. So the forgiveness is for you and your ability to to live freely in your own life. So I have this. I found this phrase as I was doing my preparation for today. It said, judge at your own risk. <laughs> I thought, uh-huh. So I must take great care in how I am evaluating and blaming and judging in my own mind. Um, and for me, it begs a question, as I'm judging another where does this thing I'm judging live in me? Because unless I have, you know, a spark of that somewhere in me, I have nothing to recognize it with. So, if that makes sense to you, but, but it's like, you know, last week I think you were talking about this idea that, you know, where does Hitler live in me? Doesn't mean we've done those atrocious things, it doesn't mean we ever would. But where is that spark of either hatred or that spark of where do we have violent thoughts at times or where, you know, where does that live in me? And addressing that can be challenging sometimes. Yeah. I, th I think in that instance especially there is a, a, a little bit of insanity. Right. Which I think is a fear, I know speaking for myself, mm -hmm. it definitely is a little fear inside me that when I see something that I, I just cannot identify with at all, like the whole Hitler thing, right. to me it, it, oh my God, that's insane, and, and to me that's very frightful because right. I know that uh, there's a thin line perhaps between sanity and insanity in each one of us, Right. and God knows I... I the most horrible thing in the world would be for me to cross that line. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's yeah. where that rings with me. Yeah. 
The quote that follows the first one that I read from the book of Matthew says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? You, and then there's another little few words, and then you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And the word that's used, hypocrite is an accurate translation as far as I've been able to find. So what's that feel like? What's that mean? What does it bring up in you? Bob? I would think a lot of people would know they have a log in their eye, but they don't want to pull it out because they know it will hurt. sometimes subconsciously leave it in and wish they pulled it out. Couldn't pull it out. <laughs> Just too painful. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it really sounds like, you know, I mean, this huge thing in your eye, that, that, and that really is blinding. Right. Um, so, this this idea that you're seeing a speck, maybe you're not even seeing that speck because you're being distorted by this big giant thing in your eye. Yeah. Um, so, it's a matter, I think it's a matter of. Um, I think it's compassion, empathy, maybe, mm -hmm. to, to realize that um, somebody who is doing <coughs> bad things, um, you, know, you know, you have those impulses sometimes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to say that those things aren't bad. It's just right. That, that maybe, maybe I should wonder how close I am to doing some of those things. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. But it reminds me of that and that uh, line that's also, I believe, in the Bible, that he who is without sin mm -hmm. throw the first stone. Right. And I think it's within us as humans to want to think I'm without sin or we can make all kinds of excuses Mm -hmm. for things that we might have done, but he, he, no, no, yeah. he knew, he, you know. We had a good reason. Yeah, I had a good reason. And I, it just reminds you that, like, he who is without sin, mm -hmm. um, which one of us can say, I'm without sin? I've never judged, I've never envied, I've never, right, you know. Never even. Because I can't. Yeah, never even made a mistake. <laughs> no, not me. Never missed the mark. I thought I made a mistake once, but, but I, was I was wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so how we judge others says far more about us than it does the other person. Right? I remember growing up with a country western song called Mind Your Own Business. Mm -hmm. And you won't be minding mine. You know, a lot of that for me is about, am I attending to my own business? Am I attending to my own thoughts, my own words, my own actions, how I treat people, how I judge or don't another? That's my first order of business. My relationship with myself and with my God, that's my business. And yeah, sometimes that means steering clear 
of other people and actions and things that are going on. But that doesn't require judgment, that kind of judgment. Discernment, discernment, yes, to not to be or not be somewhere. But that judgment that is a, a blaming or a finger pointing doesn't require that for me to mind my own business. I used to tell my students at school that if everybody minds their own business, we'll all have a full-time job. That's right. <laughs> So now the big question, why all this talk about judgment on a day that we're supposed to be focusing on honoring all that has come before? How's it fit? <laughs> well, the, the idea that if it's before us, it's for us. Okay. Um, and when we judge something, like you said earlier, it's because we have something similar that resonates inside of us, and uh, and we're not honoring the person or the situation or whoever or whatever we're judging. Okay. We're, you can't can't honor and judge at the, the same, same thing. Yeah. 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 What's it mean to honor something? What's that word mean? Respect. To respect. See it through the eyes of love. See it through the eyes of love. To make it significant. To make it significant. You're recognizing too that that there's a blessing here. Okay. Somehow there's somehow I'm connected with this mm -hmm. because I have something to learn or to grow from this. Okay. So there's a blessing here. I give honor and respect parts of my family. I do have a judgment because they had judgment. But however how did they grow up? Right. I keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Their life was what their life was like before. Yeah. yeah. So I honor them, what they knew, and how they proceeded. Mm -hmm. yeah. Someone came up after Taze to get their photo to take it home, and thanked me for the journey that we took during Taze because this person had a father who she had a difficult time with growing up and there were many judgments that had been there that she's worked on letting go of but she said in that short moment of silence all of a sudden what came to me was all of the positive things I got from my father she said you know my analytical mind my intelligence my she said even look at you know his build I'm kind of built like him I appreciate that and all of a sudden all this appreciation came flooding through so it's really about, you know, what do we make significant? What do we give our attention to? The word from the Latin, um, to honor, means to hold with reverence. Or something that is honored or honorable is glory earned. So we're to hold all that's come before, all that's happening now, 
in our lives and in the world with a sense of honoring, sense of reverence, praise. That sounds like a life's work to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a life's work. So what's called for before we can move into honoring? If we're not at that point yet, with a particular person or circumstance, what, what do we have to call forth first? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is important. Acceptance. Acceptance. Compassion. Compassion. Perspective. Perspective. Brewing over there. Well, uh -huh. I uh, just heard a story I thought was pretty impactful. And a lady had her son murdered, and uh, and they caught the, the other young person that did it, and he went to trial and got convicted, and she had it was able to give a last statement, uh, mm -hmm. comment, and she said, I'm going to murder you, or I'm going to, no, I'm going to kill you, and that was her statement, because mm -hmm. she was so, yeah. so he goes to prison, and just before his release, she decides to start going to the prison to see him to understand what, you know, why did you need to take my son's life and what was right. going on. So, as he got released, he, of course, had nowhere to go, mm -hmm. out on the street, and she said, well, I'll, I'll give you some clothing and some food, and then it turned into, well, you can stay on my couch until you find a house, a place. And then that turned into her offering him a room to stay mm -hmm. in, and um, on and on that went. And finally he asked her, uh, I thought you said you were going to kill me. And she goes, I did. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I, because that's just how we have to. Right. Yeah. Gave so much love that it put to rest the person that he had been. Exactly. Yeah. That takes a lot. Or the person she judged him to be. The person she judged him to be. Or that he... And the person was that at that point. Right. I he mean, was acting from that place at least. Right. But that just shows we're all possible of that transformation. Right. That does not set you in stone that yeah. you need to be a prisoner the rest of your life or a killer. Yeah. That she did. She, she killed that. Uh. So, yeah, and it's important to remember that the forgiveness does not mean approval of actions or putting yourself in harm's way. But rather in seeing you two are a spark of the divine. There is a spark in you because there's a spark in all of us. And I hold you without judgment, even as I work to create a world without violence or hatred or oppression. I can do both 
simultaneously. So I read something this week that helped me with the idea of forgiveness and honoring. I kind of went back and forth as to whether to share it, and now I'm looking at the clock and thinking maybe. You guys game for a short reading? Absolutely. Okay. Sure. Because we went a little longer with our conversation, but it's really good conversation. So I'm, I'm reading Rupert Spira's book, The Heart of Prayer. I've been on it for a while. There's a lot of meat in it. And he's, he's a non-dualist. So, yes, I know. <laughs> so I just invite you to take this in. I'm going to just go ahead and read a couple of pages. And then the question at the other end is going to be, how does any of this play into honoring all that has come before? So why, why, when I was sitting in my chair reading this, going, oh, this fits so well? Not everybody might think it does. Who knows? <laughs> all right. He says, just as there is no relationship between the physical space of the universe and the space that seems to be contained within a single building, for they are already the same space, so there is no relationship between God's infinite being and the temporary finite self that we seem to be, for they are already the same being. The person that we seem to be and the being that we truly are are one and the same. The actor John Smith and the character he plays, King Lear, are identical. In both cases, the former is simply a temporary, illusory limitation of the latter. Therefore, there is no question of an individual either being separated from or united with God's being. This understanding is expressed in the Vedantic tradition as I am Atma Brahma. The individual self and the ultimate reality of the universe are one and the same. In the Christian tradition, I and my Father are one. In the Sufi tradition, whosoever knows their self knows their Lord. As a compassionate concession to the person we seem to be, Many traditions prescribe a method, practice, or discipline whereby we may be united with God's being. One might argue that such methods validate and perpetuate the apparently separate self who undertakes them and are as such counterproductive. Or one might argue that such practices are the highest endeavor on which an individual can embark, placing the individual in the right relationship to God and thus preparing it for its final dissolution in God's being. As the Sufi Bayazid Bastami said, what we speak of here cannot be found by seeking, and yet only seekers find it. Such practices take us to the threshold. They empty the self of the self. This is all we can do. From there, God's being takes us into itself. What does this seeking consist of? Although there is only one infinite, indivisible being, we seem to be separate, limited individuals. And so we feel incomplete, lacking, dissatisfied, cut off from others. 
Hence, sorrow and conflict are the inevitable consequences of the belief in separation. To reestablish the unity of being, the apparent individual undertakes a process which could be divided into two parts, interior and exterior prayer. In interior prayer, we withdraw from the content of experience and sink into the sanctuary of the heart. The Gospel of St. Matthew describes it this way, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father who is in secret. To shut thy door is to turn away from sense perception through which the mind flows outwards into the world. To enter into thy closet is to turn within and give our love and attention to the fact of simply being. It is the sinking of the mind into the heart. It is to enter the shrine of the heart in which the altar I am stands. It is to rest in being as being. Jesus was teaching his disciples self-abidance, the essence of prayer. This subsidence excuse me, of the mind into the heart is the surrendering of the separate self to God's presence. As the Indian sage Ramana Maharshi said, one who is steadily established in their being, giving not the slightest room for the arising of any thought, alone is surrendering their self to God. Now, the final section that grabbed me and made this all fit together. Exterior prayer is the practice we undertake when we come out of our closet and return to the world. It is the prayer we carry out in the midst of our activities and relationships, as opposed to the interior prayer which we undertake in the privacy of the heart. When Jesus said, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father who is in secret, he might have continued with another verse. When thou prayest, open thy door, come out of thy closet, and see God's infinite being, which does not only lie in secret behind the world, but manifests itself as the world. In the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, If they ask you what is the sign of the Father in you, tell them it is a movement and a rest. This rest is the essence of our inner experience. It is the silence of the heart. The movement is our outer experience, the myriad changing forms that the one changeless being assumes without ever ceasing to be itself. Form is emptiness in motion. Emptiness is form at rest. Praise is prayer in movement. Prayer is praise in silence. In exterior prayer, we come out of the closet of the heart and return to the world. Prayer ceases to be something special that we do at certain times. Our thoughts, feelings, sensations, perceptions, activities, and relationships become prayers made manifest. Our life becomes a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. There is no longer any question of having to guard the candle in the wind because the world has caught fire and is ablaze with God's being. We may still choose from time to time to enter our closet 
and rest in being as being. But this would not be any different from our everyday life in the world. It is simply a different mode of the same experience. What the heck all that? How does any of this play into honoring all that has been? All that is. All that has been and all that is, is God as is everything that is now and everything that we are. It is all God. That, I believe, is what he's trying to say there in all of those wonderful words. <laughs> so if it's all God, or if it's all God's creation, God's expression, however we want to phrase that, who are we to not be in ongoing prayer and gratitude, thanksgiving and praise. Well, you know, it's, it is all spirit playing in form, and uh, some of it is not necessarily life-affirming, life-enhancing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's that uh, paradox of saying yeah, everything's perfect, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and there's still work to do. Right. Yeah. So it's all spirit experiencing itself or it's all God's creation being expressed of the Father. And there is nothing else. So the question for myself is, can I see it as that? Can I accept and forgive those things that I judge as wrong or harmful? Can I look at the world and see beauty and blessing even amidst the pain and suffering? Can I be the one who goes into the closet, into my inner sanctuary, to pray for my own understanding, my own acceptance, my own forgiveness? Can I be the one who makes my life a prayer? By every action flowing from the intention to serve, to comfort, to be a living example of peace and love and compassion. I believe this is why we're here. And getting to know ourselves and who we are is for the purpose of then we can go out from there. David? That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, what we see as a problem maybe is our gift of realizing that we can bring change to that right situation yeah by showing up hands and feet and hearts and voices or whatever is being called forth so first we have to connect with our own divinity and accept that we are God's creation find our own relationship to spirit 
and then, you know, step out from that. How can we serve? The song that we sang today. How can I serve? Who needs my love? Who needs my love? How can I share? And I really feel like we are to honor all that has been. To honor all that has been. Because it's all brought us to this moment, right? If anything in my past had been different, I have no idea who I would be now. And I happen to be, you know, I'm working on myself, but I'm pretty comfortable and happy with who and where I am right now. So, you know, ever onward, but I wouldn't want to change any of it. And some of it wasn't pretty, but I still wouldn't want to change any of it because I don't know who I'd be without it. I was reminded of the words of Julian of Norwich. Now, all shall be well. And all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. She wasn't an ostrich putting her head in the sand saying that there's nothing wrong in the world. She was saying, no matter what the appearances are, God's eye view is, all shall be well. No need to get all worked up over it. It's going to be okay. So in this moment, I know for each one of us that all is well. All has always been well and will forever be unfolding in God's perfection. Each of us is a perfect expression of the divine. We are here on purpose exactly as we are and exactly as we are not. There is nothing broken, nothing wrong, nothing missing. And so we make this journey with our eyes and our hearts wide awake. We commit to an ever-deepening relationship to our personal experience of God. And we commit to a deeper and deeper experience of service in the world, knowing that we make a difference. So I say thank you for this time that we've shared this morning. Thank you for every blessed gift of this and every day. Thank you for each person sharing in this time. And I release this prayer trusting that it sends us into our week well-grounded and with lots to think about. And we honor all that has come before. Together we say, and so it is. Amen. Hmm. Nice. It's not any room of full of people I can read Rupert Spira to, so I hope it wasn't too whatever. I love, I love this stuff. It's good. Good stuff. So each Sunday we invite you to join in celebration with us by giving of your financial uh, abundance, should you choose to do so. So we're going to take a moment, offer you a song um, from the One Voice children's choir another one I played one of their others earlier 
Um, if you're on our website today, um, excuse me, if you're online today, you can go to our website to find a donate button or a mailing address if you choose to, to honor us with a, a financial gift. And in whatever way you serve this community or show up or take part in, we say thank you for your engagement. Honor you. So, this What About Us is the name of this song. And it, it just occurred to me that as we're honoring all who have come before and honoring all that is now, we should also be pivoting and looking ahead at who are those beings that will be following us. And so this song is called, What About Us?
absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite children's choirs. So I take just a moment to pause in deep, deep gratitude, not only for the gifts that each one has given today, but also for the gifts that each one brings each and every time, and for the gifts of those who've come before that enable us to be right here, right now, for the gifts of those who've come before me even if they didn't seem like gifts at the time. But that's who I am, that's where I am, and why I am here right now. And so I'm just deeply, deeply grateful for the past, for the present, and for the future. And so I just say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. So is it. Amen. And let's close up because we have a lot of crock pots next door. <laughs> We have choices. All together, hand in hand, we see the light. We take a stand and we are changing. Whole new life for you and me. Take your past and set it free and share this blessing. Love be with you. Peace unfold you.